0: take our text tonight from the Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 8. We'll look at verses 32 through 34, Matthew chapter 8. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coasts. If you have a a red-letter Bible, you might immediately notice that in verse 32, we have just one word written in red. That, of, of course, is the word go. Jesus said just one word. This eighth chapter of Matthew's Gospel, it's one of the most, I guess we could say, beautiful displays of the power that there is in Christ's words. Sometimes it might be one word, a, a brief phrase, hardly a sentence, but there's power in the words of Jesus. The Lord, he, he did and does an exceptional job of getting directly to the point. He, in fact, he does a perfect job of getting to the point and as such changing a situation changing a circumstance just by way of one word, transforming a person, making a complete difference in someone's life, something supernatural. The Lord was very calculated and he was very deliberate in the words that he used. Have you ever felt like you said too much? Well, of course, we all have uh, more than once for sure, according to very well health, there are four categories of excessive talking. We may have all fit here at some point. There's pressured speech. It's rapid, urgent speech to the point that others may find it difficult to interpret or to get a word in. It can be from anxiety, even schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or maybe it's just what we do. Hyper, hyperverbal is fast talking that keeps getting faster and faster. And as you get faster, you add more words. It's an increased number of words. Disorganized speech, this type of speech moves rapidly from one idea to the other with a lack of connection. It's hard to follow. The ideas, they don't connect well to each other. And then finally, there's compulsive speech. This is where someone feels they cannot stop talking or they compulsively keep talking nonstop. They're so busy talking that they might do this to avoid facing, facing emotions or to push feelings away. But there's apparently treatments for all these. You can get help for talking too much. I did read that uh, since we communicate online, our culture, young people more than ever, and we read less, our vocabulary is shrinking. In fact, I I read in one source, teenagers, young people, they might use maybe 800 words. That's the extent of their vocabulary because they're online so much. But I have been thinking about the words of Jesus uh, lately. There are many examples in the scripture where the Lord had a lot to say. He didn't speak in just in terms of a word, a sentence, a, 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 a paragraph. Some examples are five, uh, what we might call sermons or teachings in the book of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, chapters five through seven. There was another discourse that he gave on discipleship in chapter 10, the parable teachings in chapter 13. Uh, uh, There was a discourse on community of faith amongst the believers, chapter 18. And then we know very well, chapter 24 and 25 of Matthew's gospel, where he talks about future events and time events, the return of Christ. But here in chapter 8, we get this insight on the power there is in when the Lord speaks. And young people, nothing's changed. There's just as much power in the words of Christ as there was back when he walked the shores of the Sea of Galilee. There's just as much power in his words for you and me here tonight. In the first four verses, we find a leper. He comes to Jesus and we know he was an outcast. He had a death sentence emotionally and physically. He probably was in a terrible, terrible amount of pain, but he has faith and he comes to the Lord asking to be healed. And the words of Jesus are simply, I will be thou clean. That's all the Lord says. And the Bible simply says, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. A miracle happened. A transformation happened because the Lord simply said, I will be thou clean. Instantaneous power in the words of Jesus Christ. Nothing has changed. The Lord can have the same impact on you and on me no matter what it is that might be binding us down in our lives. In verses 5 through 18th, excuse me, 13 of the same chapter, we find a centurion and a centurion would have been a leader of 100 Roman soldiers. And so he was used to barking orders, so to speak. But you can see from the scripture that he had heard what Jesus had done and could do by way of his words. In fact, he says that he has a servant that was grievously tormented. Terrible pain, probably physically and emotionally, horrible pain and anguish. You can kind of get a sense that it was beyond what his servant can handle. And the centurion, he tells the Lord, you don't even need to come to my house, just say the word. Well, Jesus has a few more things to say about the faith that he sees in this man. And and he does have a little bit of a dissertation, but ultimately... In fact, this is how the centurion puts it. Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Lord, I believe that by way of your word, victory will be wrought. Do you believe that too? When Jesus speaks the word, do you believe that he can take you out of anxiety, take you out of fear? Take you and heal your body in a moment of time. Nothing has changed. There's still wonder-working power in the word of the Lord tonight. But we find in verse 13, the final words of Jesus, where the healing is done. He says, go thy way as thou hast believed. So, and that's in black because it's added by the translator. Be it done unto thee. The words of Jesus. So he didn't even need to go to his house. But because of his faith, the words of Jesus had an impact in his life. And in fact, the, the, the servant was healed that very hour. Something was done. The testimony was had. But the key here was faith. The leper, when he came to Jesus, he had faith. The centurion, when he came to Jesus, he had faith that the Lord could do it. In fact, further on in verse 16, in this particular section of Matthew's gospel, the eighth chapter, it doesn't even have the words of Jesus. It simply says they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. It simply says, with His Word, the Word of the Lord. And in uh, verse 26, the Scripture says here, again in chapter 8, that the Lord simply rebukes the winds and the sea with His Word. That there was a great calm. Again, the Word of the Lord. It says, and that there was a great calm. He, the Word of the Lord has supernatural control over the environment around us. And finally, in our text, we see two possessed with devils. They lived in tombs. They lived in caves. In fact, the Bible says here that people didn't even want to walk by where they lived because maybe they heard what was going on. They heard commotion. It probably wasn't safe. You can only imagine how bad it must have been. But the Lord knew that he only needed to say one word, and that simply was go. And imagine that the change in those two individuals' lives, just like that—the uh, blink of an eye, so to speak, or a snap of a finger—they were completely transformed. About face was made for these two. Imagine the change. Imagine the difference. Sanity returned to their minds and to their bodies, and victory was wrought because of one word by Jesus. You know, for many young people today, there's a crisis. Some call it a mental health crisis. Addiction. Young people that might be filled with anxiety, fear, even loneliness, depression. In fact, I I think maybe we hear about it more and more each day because of the culture, the, the, the media culture, the online culture, however you want to term it, that we live in today. I was, I was anxious lately. I was traveling home a couple of weeks ago on a work trip, and I was at a small regional airport back east, and I was leaving early in the morning to connect to... They say it's the busiest airport in the world. So I got to that regional airport. It was about 3.30 Portland time. I was supposed to be home by noon. We got on the plane. We boarded, and the pilot got on and said, you know, there's some error messages on the plane. We have to restart it. A lot of times that works, he said. Older planes, he even mentioned. And so he restarted the plane, fired back up, and after a while he said, well, we have to do it again. So he did it again. Then after a while he said, "Okay, I think we're okay." And then he said, "But we're going to have to uh put the the stuff on the the planes for deicing and that's going to take a while." But this, by this time, we were past when we should leave and I had a short connection. Well, we landed uh took off we landed a couple hours later where I was supposed to connect and I was watching the clock and I didn't think I could barely make it I was ready to just hop out of that plane and we were just about pulling up to the gate and their gate was right there we could all see it and the pilot got on and said well there's our gate but the plane that just left that gate he's got mechanical problems so he's coming back to that gate so we can't dock at that gate so I was pretty anxious at this point we ended up getting to the gate, uh, some other gate, and with all my might, I ran to my other gate, and I missed it. And then they said, well, we can re- rebook you, and then they, started, they sent me to the help desk. There's a lot of help desks there, and they said, well, there's really not any way, and this is in the morning, and there's no way to get back home to Portland today. And then they finally found a way, you know, we'll send you through Los Angeles and we'll get you home tonight so that was fine and they printed off a it kind of looked like an IOU ticket and said you've got seats and you are good to go uh, you take that next flight and I trusted them so a couple hours later I took a flight to Los Angeles when I took that flight I tried to get them to print off my next flight to Portland that night and they hemmed and hawed and said well you have a seat and it had a number on it." where I was supposed to sit, but apparently it wasn't a ticket. So I got to Los Angeles and I had the same problem. We were late. So I was going to run to that Portland flight. It was the last flight out. I got off that plane. I ran there. They started to board that flight. I gave them that document. Apparently it wasn't a ticket. And they said, we're going to board. We can't help you. You need to go to the help desk. So I ran to the help desk. There was nobody there. There was multiple people waiting. I banged on the door at the airport of the help desk, which I don't think you're supposed to do, and nobody came. At this point, the Portland flight had been boarding for quite a while, and I was rather anxious. And other people were anxious too. And yeah, this was the last flight out. I was hopeful to get home that night. So I went to some random other gate, and I said to explain to them what happened. She looked at my documentation, logged in, and was going to try and get me a seat. It's not possible. They didn't do it right. And then she started to get very anxious because the Portland flight was going to close us doors in like 10 minutes. And she started to cry and get very anxious. And I, I didn't really know what to do. And pretty soon it was the only way you can get on that flight is if you buy a ticket. And so I gave him a card. I figured I'll call and get it reimbursed because they owed me to get home. I gave her a card. Well, her card reader didn't work. She was very anxious. And at this point, we were like three or four minutes from the gate closing. They called the gate and said, hold on. And after a while, they got the card to work. She ran with me to the Portland gate. Nobody else was getting on the plane. It was closing. It was it. They were done boarding. They just gave me a paper and said, get on the plane. You're okay. So I ran on the plane. I made it. I was so excited. And I called Allison. I made it. After a while, the lady from the gate said, let me see your ticket. Didn't have my name on it. They booked somebody else. So I didn't really have a seat, I guess. Well, after a while, they gave me another ticket and they, they found, I, I, after a while, I thought maybe the Lord doesn't want me to get home tonight on this flight. So there were a few opportunities along the way there to be anxious, but I know in today's day and age, anxiety can overwhelm somebody. And I believe that Jesus can break those chains tonight, young people. I know that, that young people go through depression, but the Lord can grant you victory. I know that you might go through, you feel alone, but the Lord can take those overwhelming feelings and by way of His word, grant you victory. Are you afraid? The Bible says that the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear. Don't be deceived by Satan that you have to live like that. Jesus offers deliverance. There's power in the word of the Lord. It's because Jesus himself is the lamb of God. And because of his blood. That was shed on Calvary. He can heal your body. He can raise you up physically. He can mentally. He can grant you victory. The Lord offers victory. Remember when Jesus said to the woman, Not only go, but go and sin no more. He kept going in that case because the Lord, by way of His precious blood, can transform you from a life of sin to a life of victory. The testimonies we've heard back on in the days when the church was on... Front Street or Burnside where somebody would stumble into the church and in a moment of time at the altars of prayer, the desire for drugs and alcohol would be diminished immediately. Christ still does that tonight. It might not be the same vice. It might not be the same thing that they went through that you're going through tonight, but Christ offers victory by way of His precious blood. We're going to have an opportunity to to pray. If you need to be healed, don't be shy to be anointed and prayed for. The Lord can heal you. If you need to be saved, which is most important, Christ can forgive you tonight. He can take you out of that which binds you and that which chains you. He's a chain breaker. He can grant victory. The Lord can sanctify you. The Lord can fill you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The song is 613. Let's come out and pray and expect victories to be won.